Hello, and welcome to the Evolution Sports Podcast, Volume 3. I'm your host, Andrew Ferraro, here with my co-host, Dave Sanders. This week, we're going to be doing a pulse check, the NFL learnings, through three weeks. Uh, we'd like to take just a second before we get started and uh, talk about something that's quite important to me. Uh, as many of you know, Hurricane Florence has recently gone through the United States and is continuing to devastate uh, both North and South Carolina. Um, I was actually displaced because of the hurricane because I live on the coast here in North Carolina. Uh, so if you got a few bucks, got time, uh, got supplies, whatever you got, donations, whether it be through the Red Cross, United Way, whatever charitable organization you feel is uh, deserving, please donate. Um, it is important. There are, I know folks personally that have lost everything. Um, it's going to take a while to clean up. It doesn't just, hey, next week we're good to go. Uh, a lot of people lost a lot of things. It has now been two weeks since the storm hit, and people still don't have power. Some places are still in shelters. It's, it is a major disaster, unlike you would not believe if you have not seen it. Uh, so my request is that if you've got the time, a little bit of money, donations, whatever, anything helps, everything helps. So uh, find your local charity, find the ones you like, and do a little bit of donating for Hurricane Florence victims. Now, turning back to sports, as you guys know, we tend to usually talk about sports, technology, and, you know, what's the best way to what it means to you as a fan and, and how we're going to go from there. But we're just going to take a little break from this, and we're going to do this uh, kind of when the occasion's worn. So periodically through the NFL season, we've got a baseball one coming up for you. We'll do it in basketball, hockey, and some of the other sports. But, uh, you know, Dave, what have you seen that's been impressive so far in the uh, first couple weeks here of the uh, NFL season? So, yeah, there have been a lot of impressive performances so far through three weeks. Um, first one to hit on the Rams. Really impressive start. They played this Thursday night against the Vikings, and they look like real juggernauts in the NFC. Um, I saw a stat on Twitter that they only have three. They only have one three and out through three games, which is incredible, um, especially when you see some of the poor offenses in the NFL. Um, you know, what have you seen so far? Uh, you know, the stat with one three and out is pretty it, – it's doggone impressive, I'm not going to lie, because you, you got to figure you start a drive, you get a holding penalty on first down. Now it's first It's first and 20. Uh, it's pretty easy to see how, hey, then you get an uh, incomplete pass, you get a moderate gain on third down, next thing you know you're punting. So uh, one three and out in three games is pretty impressive. Um, I know I watch a lot of red zone, so I've seen a little bit of it. They don't punt very often either, so that just tells you how prolific that offense is. Uh, you know, Sean McVay, head coach there, has really got them clicking on all cylinders. Uh, you know, they added a lot of talent, and they seem to have got the chemistry going. But if you look at McVay, I mean, the man's a play-calling genius. Um, he just remembers everything. Uh, I sent you this video on, on Twitter, Dave, and I'll make sure to send it out to everybody. Uh, they actually do a little, little quiz with McVay, just going, hey, you know, Sean McVay, it's 2014. You're playing, uh, you know, here's your opponent, it's third down, six, uh, balls on the 30, going in, four minutes to go in the game, what's the play call? And he'd be like, oh, it's a wheel route to the right, Jamison Crowder touchdown. I'm like, I don't know how you know that stuff. Um, I mean, I get it, it's incredible, but it's, it's crazy when you think about the clairvoyance and how do you remember those things and not forgetting. Yeah, for sure. And I know when he was in Washington, he was thought of as like a prodigy, like the next, one of the next great uh, offensive minds in the game and to see what he's done when he's taking over the full reins of, you know, play calling and managing the culture there and really growing Jared Goff from someone who, with Jeff Fisher, seemed like maybe this guy isn't what we thought he was as a number one pick and he couldn't beat out Case Keenum. Um, but it really does go back to, that seems like that was more of a Jeff Fisher problem than a Jared Goff problem. And I'm glad to see they're doing pretty well. Taking that like a step further, do you see what percentage chance would you give them to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year? Um, I'd honestly probably go 75%. Really? Wow, that if high. If they stay healthy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's not a lot of weakness there. Yeah. Uh, they are doing really well on offense. You figure, if you, okay, if you stuff Gurley as much as you can, uh, he's still got Cooks. Woods blew up this week. Uh, you know, he's got tight ends, three receivers. It, it, it's a deep team. Um, and that defense is playing well, which I think, as a lot of people have shown, defense will win you titles. What do you give them, Dave? What do you think? I like them a lot, too. Um, I'll probably say, like, around 30%. I think they're right there with Philly, with Minnesota. Um, I never want to count out Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. But 
I think they're definitely strong competitors, and uh, they're going to be there for years to come too. Definitely, uh, they're doing. They've done a great job utilizing cap space, rookie contracts for quarterbacks. You got to strike while the iron is hot. Um, yes, like, not do what Dallas is doing right now. Yeah, we'll get to that in our not so impressive performances coming up. Dallas, <laughs> what is the problem? You know, talking about great quarterback play, it's impossible not to talk about Patrick. You might want to call me a Hall of Famer, Mahomes, at this point. Uh, and it's only been three games, it, but it is a pretty good sample size, and they've played some solid teams. But he is on pace right now for 69 touchdowns and zero interceptions. Wow. The man is on fire. He may sound like a cross between Andrew Luck and Ed Ogeron, but my man is on fire right now. Um, now, to give kind of just a, an example, the record right now is 55 with Peyton Manning. He's on pace for 69, so he's not going to just beat it by one or two. He's going to beat it by 14 if he stays on his current pace. Now, let's be honest. That's probably not what's going to where he's going to finish. Um, there's a he's going to regress. That's not to say he's going to suddenly turn into uh, you know Sam Bradford or you know one of those kind of kind of players. But Dave, where do you think his final numbers end up at? He's at 13 touchdowns through three games, no picks. Wow. So. 13 games left. Um, maybe I'll just back up for just a second, give him, like my like scouting report on him. So that works. That works. Um, seeing him a lot in college, being you know West Virginia grad, I watched a lot of the Big 12, and I mean his arm immediately stood out. It's something we really haven't seen in the NFL. I mean there are some other huge arm guys, um, but the throws that he can make um, are just truly incredible. He's always been a bit reckless, and that's why I think some interceptions are definitely going to come. Um, but with the weapons he has in Kansas City, with Hill, Watkins, Kelsey, Kareem Hunt in the backfield, um, and even some of the secondary guys beyond that are still pretty solid. Um, and Andy Reid, who finally has like the perfect guy for his offense, who's an improvement over McNabb back in the Eagles days. And we, we, he started to do with Alex Smith there, and we all thought that Alex Smith, maybe he's turned into a different guy, and maybe... Maybe it was just Alex Smith holding Andy Reid back still a little bit, and he's finally got somebody who can consistently get on field and reach these targets. Um, so I do think some regression's coming. I think some interception games are coming where he's going to have two to three picks in a certain game, and it may not look perfect. Um, I'll project, so if he has 13 touchdowns, no picks through three games, I'll project um, 46 touchdowns and 13 picks. So that would be two and a half touchdowns a game and about one pick per game. I think most games will probably go without picks, but he's going to have maybe like a, a couple three-pick games in there. Yeah, it's probably pretty solid projections. Uh, you know, he has that gunslinger mentality. So he almost reminds me of a younger Brett Favre type where he's, he's, gonna, he's mm-hmm. got a window, hell, I'm taking it. Um, yep. I just feel like that arm is, is on fire. It's, it's electric. Uh, it's really great to see. Um, I'm probably going to go a little higher than you on that. Um, I think it's 52 touchdowns. Uh, wow. I think he'll push Peyton, get close to that Peyton record. I think he may fall just a little bit short. Um, you know, he's got some tough games coming up on the schedule. It does get harder as more film comes out. Uh, they'll pick up mm-hmm. some of his poor habits because he's going to have some. He's going to have some um, just little flaws in, in maybe in some reads or things like that. Um, but he does have Andy Reid. Uh, but I think Andy Reid could help cover up a lot of those things and really scheme things and make sure that, hey, he's going to be good. Um, I've got him a little less on the, on the picks. Uh, I think he's done a really great job of, you know, ball control. He's made some reckless throws, I guess you could call, just maybe a higher risk than most people. But with Tyree Kill, Conley, uh, guys that are got some real speed, I think they can bail him out, especially on some real deep, maybe an overthrow that might get tipped, pick back. I think he's going to, they're just going to hard out throw to overthrow a Tyree kill. So I got him down to 52 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Um, wow. So he'll have, he'll get a couple picks here. I think he can go, he'll have, I don't think he'll have a five pick um, Ben Roethlisberger meltdown. Yeah. Uh, now, how much of this do you think is Andy Reid? I mean, he made AJ Feely into a pretty good player that thank you, Miami for biting on that one and shipping us a pick to get us a nice player. Uh, so, I mean, how much is this on Andy Reid? You know, is it all Patty Mahomes? Is it a good chunk of Andy Reid being Andy Reid? Or do you think Mahomes would be able to thrive in, other, in another system? Yeah, I think Mahomes could thrive in a lot of systems, but this really is the perfect marriage here. Um, having Mahomes in an offense like where 
John Fox limited everything that Trubisky did last year, was afraid to have him throw. Even on third and long, they'd run the ball pretty often to throw a screen or a check down. Um, having a, you know an offensive mind who's willing to push it downfield, take chances, which I think has been proven recently in the NFL to be you know a successful path to take. Um, I know Carson Wentz can be... Um, he can be reckless at times, but that's always what I'm going to want over someone on third down who's afraid to make the tight window throw um, and you know is settling for a sack or for throwing the ball away versus making a you know more risky play to advance the drive. Um, so I think it really is partially you know it's some of it goes to Mahomes, some of it goes to Reed. Reed's been ahead of the game when it comes to being pass first with his offense. Um, back in his Philly days, I remember him being criticized very often for leading the league in passing, you know, passing at 60% a game or whatever it may be. And it was thought that you have to run the ball, especially in the, you know, December and January to succeed. And I think the NFL has finally come around to that way of thinking, but he hasn't gotten enough credit for being ahead of that. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I'd agree. I think this is the best offense, of, best offense Andy Reid's ever had. Yeah. Um, and that includes when it was McNabb, Deuce Staley, Terrell Owens. Yeah. Um, I think Mahomes is night and day ahead of uh, where McNabb was even in his prime. And Philly doesn't give McNabb enough credit for the quarterback he was. But honestly, I've seen enough balls skip into the turf that I don't have to go down that road, for especially for the Philly fans in the crowd yep. uh, listening to us. I, I mean, Andy Reid's got, got the offense he wants. Yeah, he's been a pass first. But even when he goes to run here, he's got Kareem Hunt, who yep. is one of the best backs, best young backs in the league, if not one in that upper tier of running backs. He's got Tyreek Hill. He's got Kelsey. He's got more weapons than he knows what to do with. He's got Watkins, who, you know, it wasn't very long ago in Buffalo when he threw, I think, 10 or 12 games, put up an incredible season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if Watkins stays healthy, that there's there's your bid. If they stay healthy, that team's got that team's going places. Um, it, it, it's pretty good. I, th- I what are your projections for them as far as do you think you know they make the pay the playoffs? Do you think they go how far in the AFC? Do you think they go? Super Bowl, how far you got him? Yeah, so my projection for the Chiefs would probably be conference title game should be their expectation going in. Uh, I think they're set up really well to get home field advantage throughout much of the playoffs, especially with the Pats being one and two already. Um, I think a lot of it will come down to Andy Reid's clock management, which seems just always to be an issue. Um, hopefully he can get that addressed because this really could be a special team and Mahomes himself is becoming one of those players, and he's, we need a larger sample, of course, but he's becoming one of those players like Aaron Rodgers where you're going to watch a game just to see what he can do. And we haven't had a whole lot of players like that in the NFL. What are your projections? The AFC's tough, I think. Uh, there's some good teams. There's some teams that you expect to be good, and there's always some outliers. Uh, Jacksonville's got that really good defense. I'd be curious to see how well they match up there. Um, yeah. I think that's one of those where they're going to have to be able to have a little more balance. Um, but I do think the speed helps them there. I, I think they definitely win their division. Um, I would say conference game is a good look. Uh, it just kind of depends on who that divisional round matchup is going to be. Um, if they pull a New England or a Jacksonville in that round, it's going to be a little tough. I expect both of those teams to make the playoffs. Uh, so it just kind of depends on who their matchup is. I think conference is t- is possible. Um, and if you, you came to me today and said, hey, man, I, I could see Rams, Chiefs in the, in the Super Bowl, I could say, yeah, I, I could see it. Uh, so I think conference game, conference title game is, is probably a pretty good projection. Is what I'm, if I had put some money on, I'd go for that. That makes sense. Um, we'd probably be remiss if we didn't mention Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been incredible through Fitz magic, baby. three weeks. <laughs> Fitz magic has been lighting it up. Fear the beard. Um, with a beard, with a nice beard, and with the Sean Jackson's um, post-game outfit, which was great after week two. I, I mean, I didn't know if that was Fitzmagic or Conor McGregor. Um, I, it was hard to tell. But this is what he's been his whole career. I mean, he's been hot and cold. He's never been quite this hot. But I guess, how long do you think this lasts? When do you think they put Winston back in? <sighs> the thing with Fitzpatrick is, yeah, he's been on seven teams. I got it. Yeah, he's reckless with the ball. I got it. I mean, we all saw the first half this on, on uh, Monday night there where it was turnover, 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 turnover. Not all his yep. fault. Not all his fault, though. Uh, some is, but, hey, he, he's aggressive. They yep. keep winning. He keeps playing. At this point, if Fitzmagic plays like he did, even if he, did, he plays like he did this past week here, week three, unless like week one or two, I don't see Winston getting the start back this year. Wow. Uh, I, I – 
if you look back when Fitzmagic had healthy weapons, when he was in with the, especially with the New York Jets, when he had Decker and Marshall, he put up a great year. Now that some could say, hey, that's the outlier, but I think you put him with some good talent and not what he had up in Buffalo and, and those kind of deals, I think Fitzmagic keeps rolling. Um, if you tell me, hey, you got to pick a week when, when Winston comes back, seven, eight, maybe. Uh, but I think you roll this Fitzmagic train until the wheels fall off. He throws 20 picks and, and you know, you're losing games because of him. I, if you want my personal opinion, now I'm going to give it to you because that's what this show is all about is, is us giving our opinions and, and standing by them. I think Tampa Bay does not have Jameis Winston on the roster next year. Wow. And you think that's just after him not coming back and playing this year and they just decide it's time to go in a different direction? Now, I should caveat that of I haven't looked at his contract. So depending on what the contract looks like, I know his rookie contract should be about up. Yeah. Uh, it's about that time. I think Winston hasn't been that good. Because you, I would ask myself, what is the difference this year with this team and this offense versus what they had last year? It's the same Your team. Your main playmakers yeah. are, are still we got Ronald Jones, who's inactive. But. I mean, that was a good draft pick. Good draft pick. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get to the not-so-impressive rookies on that one. Um, yeah. the, the, the pieces are the same. So is, is it the pieces? Is it, hey, well, it's a new year, new system? It's still the same people. It's still Dirk Cutter. It's still same same offense. Fitz Magic, he's showing you what those guys can do. You can hit Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson on the deep route for 75 yards. You've got Mike Evans. At one point, Winston made Mike Evans disappear, which is it's crazy. So I could I could honestly see Tampa Bay saying, hey, somebody want Winston, we'll, we'll move on from him. You know, we can't eat the W's anymore. Now, granted, <laughs> this instance was from a few years ago, but there's a track record with Winston. Do you really want to deal with this, and do you want to tie up long-term money and bank all your horses back on the Winston train? That's right. me. I, I think he's gone starting next year. He may not get his job back. What about you, Dave? So that's, this was a tough one for me. I think I always kind of operate in the long view, and if I was a Bucks fan, I would want them to go back to Winston sooner than later, thinking that this Bucks team isn't going anywhere. And if they win a bunch of games that go 10-6 and six with Fitzpatrick or 11-5, and five, it's like the Matt Castle year of the Patriots possibly, and it's an outlier, and it may not mean anything. So if I, I would want to get more looks at Winston to decide if he's the guy. Um, to your point, I think there will be a market there for him this offseason. Any of these quarterbacks that show some sign of being a franchise guy at some point, get other chances. We've seen Sam Bradford get a billion chances and make $20 million this year to look like the worst quarterback in football. Um, still getting, and probably getting one next year. I mean, I wouldn't count it out. Oh, I'm sure he will. He always got to do is have two good games in the season. It's out Sam Bradford if, he, if his knee was healthy. Yeah. Um, Winston definitely has his flaws besides the off-the-field stuff. I think Mike Clay's outlined pretty well that he led the league in off-target throws and I think it was 2016 um, and didn't improve much there last year either. I would still want to get another shot with him. I think they go back to him by week five or six. Um, Ooh, give, giving him one, maybe two more starts. Yeah, I think this Fitzpatrick magic's almost over. But we'll see. You, you're calling the train ended. I, I I like Winston. I want to like Winston. Um, you know, him and Mariota. I was higher on Mariota, but you, know, you want to like Winston. I see why teams would want him. He'll get another shot, yeah. regardless of what Tampa Bay does. Um, I guess if I'm a Bucks fan and you tell me, hey, we can go back to James Winston and finish seven and eight or seven and nine, or hey, we can go Fitz Magic, go ten and six and get a wild card game. Which one are you taking? You want the wild card game or you want to just eh, we got close. Yeah, I can see the upside to going for the the wild card game there. I mean, they're gonna take that option if it comes to them. And Dirk Cutter's gonna be more interested in winning games this year versus probably having the long view because his Job's mostly tied to that. I would just like to get more data, more analysis on Winston before making a decision that big. Um, and you know that Fitzpatrick's not going to be there, you know, past this year probably being 35 years old, maybe one more year. But um, I don't. But the thing I, I guess the other counter to that is, does Winston just become a guy like Jay Cutler um, or Tannehill, who's a franchise guy but never really that guy that puts you in contention? Yeah, I mean Fitz, Fitz, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he's 35, so. I guess if, you know, you talk a long game, I see that. So I guess my question would be, and I think Mike Greenberg's talked about this before, is do you have your franchise quarterback on the roster? 
So the answer is either yes, I have my franchise quarterback, and that is Jameis Winston. Give him a five-year contract. Let's extend him. Let's go. Or I don't. Um, as I think we have seen, you need a quarterback play to win in the NFL. You need a franchise quarterback, preferably on a cheap yep. deal, to make a run. See the St. Louis Rams. See the Chiefs. Yep. You know, you say the early Seattle. You see Philadelphia right now with Carson Wentz. Uh, you're going to see it. Calling it now in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. Fire up the train, boys. Um, you know, the Jets have a window with Darnold. You, you've got these options now. If if I'm a Bucks fan, I just don't know if I have it with James Winston. I I haven't seen enough. Like I said, I, if it's the, the train slows down with Fitzmagic, and Fitzpatrick starts going back to the, hey, I threw a touchdown with three picks, and they're not winning games, yeah, it'll go back to Winston. So... I just don't know how much more film do you need this year to say, okay, hey, it's not Winston. That That's where I come from. Yeah, that's fair. And they they know a lot more than we do. They see him every day. They see him in practice. Um, so I think what they end up doing is going to be really telling. Um, if you trust that front office and forget that they spent, you know, they traded up and gave away a second-round pick for a kicker um, who they cut, I think we can understand that, they're going to know better than we do, and uh, I'll be really curious to see what happens there. It's going to tell a lot about Jameis if they decide to let him go or don't bring him back this year. Yeah, that, like I said, it won't be a death sentence. He's, he's a good quarterback. He'll get another shot because every team is looking for that franchise guy. Uh, yeah. But speaking of Eaton W's, let's move across state from Tampa Bay down to South Beach. Those yeah. Miami Dolphins are 3-0. and Miami Dolphins, 3-0. and um, Who saw that coming? N- not me. Yeah. My wife doesn't pick them every week, and she asked me my opinion, and uh, I'm going to say I'm wrong more often than I'm right <laughs> when it comes to some right. of these games. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the Dolphins, I, I would say, are the surprise 3-0 team right now. So, I don't even know what to say about them. It's, it's pretty much the same cast of characters. I mean, they added Albert Wilson, but... Who's been good? But, yeah, it's the same it's, guys. I mean, it's, they it's, let... it's Albert Wilson. They lost Landry, which was we thought was a big loss, but it hasn't proved to be that impactful. Yeah, Parker hasn't played much, so it's been Kenny Stills. Uh, yeah. You know, Kenyon Drake ran for like two yards two weeks ago. Like it, it I don't, I, I'm just not sure how they're three and out. It doesn't uh, make a ton of sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't to me. I think they're, they're, they got off to a hot start. I think, I mean, what percentage do you give them to win that division? Zero. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. You also um, you say okay, hey, it's a hot start. Thanks for coming out. They're they not playing the Pats the this week in uh, in Foxborough. They've never beaten Brady in Foxborough in a game that he's played and finished, um, started and finished. So there's one game where he got injured very early, and they lost that game to the Dolphins, and they beat the Matt Castle team up there. But that's a long period of time to never beat Brady in Foxborough, and. I think this is mostly the opponents they've played. Tannehill's been fine. Um, they're not passing it very much. The running game's been okay, but it's just the offense hasn't done a whole lot. It's been big play dependent. And the defense, while it's played well, and they have a good outside corner in Howard, um, who shut down some good number ones, I just can't see it continuing. I, I can't get, take them like serious as a contender. Maybe in a wild card spot, um, but a wild card team that probably gets smoked in the first round. Gotcha. So you, you say, okay, 3-0. You beat the Raiders, who should, who theoretically through three quarters are three and zero, but they can't close. So you know now, like I said, this this week's the real test for them. You're going to Foxborough. You're playing New England, who frankly doesn't look very good, but it's still New England. Um, I think I don't think they win the division. Uh, I still think it's New England. I think it, the division ends up eating itself up a little bit. Miami will split. They'll win the game against New England at home. They they usually do. Um, wouldn't sleep on the Jets. Um, I think they've come back to reality. The Darnold mania is over. That, hey, he's good. Give him some time. They're still not that good of a team, I think. Right. You know, my opinion there is they need a new head coach, which I think they will get here in the next week or two. I have no idea what to make of Buffalo. <laughs> so, he's really – can they beat New England and win enough games to out, outdo New England? I think No. It'll be a good one. Uh, so when we do kind of a midseason check-in on the NFL, where, where are we at through eight weeks? Dolphins will be going to say, hey, they start out 3-0. Are they staying or are they fading? Yeah, I agree with that. Before we jump on to the not-so-impressive performances, just a quick um, prediction of their record this year. I'm going to go wheels fall off 6-10. and 10. <laughs> I thought I was going to be hope- like uh, the negative one on this. I'll say 7-9. and nine. 
I, I, I just don't. I, I don't think what they have going is sustainable. No. They beat the Raiders, you're, you're the not... Jets, and the Titans without Mariota. Yeah, so Mariota can't feel his finger, right. so it was Gabbard. blame yeah. Gabbard. You've got a Jets team that, let's be honest, they're still the Jets, yeah. and you got John. I haven't won a won a game in ten weeks at this point. Gruden, who hasn't won his last seven games, by the yeah. way. Uh, I won seven. His last seven meaningful games. Good call, yeah. Raiders. I, I I see him losing this week. So now you're three and one. They're they're not going to. So maybe they can beat the Jets. Maybe they win another one against the Bills. Yep. Um, if the Bills team played like they did this past week, they'll beat the hell out of them. Um, but so yes, yeah, I, I can see six and ten, seven and nine. If they're lucky, five hundred. Wouldn't put money on it. Yeah. I think the Raiders are the perfect transition to the not so impressive performances. Um, I I would say yes. The U Raiders. They're a complete mess. Gruden took over that team, and uh, the goal I think was to provide a lot of hope, especially with the move to Vegas. Um, but what what's happened so far in the front office? There's a lot of disconnect there between uh, him and McKenzie. They've made some moves that are really, you know, they can be questioned. Um, I think trading Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. That's a huge one. Um, I understand if he didn't want to be there, but I, I think that's kind of the way they're spinning it. I think he just wanted to get paid, you know, a salary um, comparable to his talent, which is one of the best defensive players in the league going into his prime. And in my opinion, that was a big mistake, especially because you're hoping that the first round pick becomes half the player that he is. And to get two ones, you had to give back a two. Um, and I know they get back a three as well, but still it just seems like You've got to hit on those picks to make this work. And if Gruden keeps saying pass rushers are hard to find, it just doesn't make sense why he keeps saying that because you have one. Um, yeah, so. you, you had one that's got more sacks than your defense has in three games. Uh, yeah, Gruden, you can't trade Klimak. Yeah. He He's too good to just be like, ah, yeah, we're going to trade him. Like, I think the issue, and it's been an issue with Oakland before, is part of the CBA – is that guaranteed money when signed is required to go into escrow? Yep. A lot of people don't um, think about that part of it. Yeah, so you think, hey, it's the NFL, it's the Raiders, they've got to have tons of cash. They have enough operating cash, but you know, do they have seventy million right now that you could just move into an escrow yep. account? They may not. Um, and it has been talked about before that that is an issue for them, and it has been. So I think. They won't ever say this. My personal opinion is they moved Matt because they knew they weren't, they couldn't pay him what he wanted because they didn't have the cash for yep. it. So they said, hey, let's get what we can get now. We got two firsts. Yeah, really, it's a first, and we moved up probably 10 picks. Sorry, Raiders. Yeah. Um, so you moved up in one. Yeah, you gave back an early three. So it, it's just tough. It is tough. Uh, um, sticking in it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, just one last thing on the Raiders. So... The other offseason moves they've made, um, I know Gruden wants to come in there and set it his way. Um, getting rid of the punter, who's you know been a personality, but one of the best in the league, just cutting him immediately was kind of odd. And then I still can't get over trading for Martavis Bryant, giving up a third-round pick, um, him shockingly failing another drug test. And Shocker. that's pending. He's playing right now under the appeal. Um I just can't believe the Steelers were able to get a third-round pick for him. And I think that Gruden's he's misunderstanding the market for these guys because he just gave up a fifth-round pick before the season for A.J. McCarron, who was available to anybody for a long period of time. Um, looked really bad in the preseason. Buffalo wasn't going to start him, it didn't seem like, or maybe they were going to start him for a game or two like Peterman did. Um, but it's pretty incredible that he's throwing around these draft picks, maybe for guys that he would name a Gruden grinder or... He knows these guys, or it just seems like there's he's not understanding what value is and what the market is for some of these players. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that one. I think that comes an issue of Gruden hasn't, while he's been commentating, he hasn't been coaching. Right. He hasn't been in the front office. Um, the value of draft picks has increased. Yep. Um, from where he was when he coached and when he you know had his time with the Raiders before and, and in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. The value of a draft pick's going up. Um, the league has caught on to the value that draft picks are important. 
Um, it's not before, man. You just, you know, this isn't Madden where you start throwing picks around. Everybody's going to give them back to you. And I think he's going to realize that. Um, and I think he sets the Raiders back for quite a bit. Um, so if you're a Raiders fan, I hope you f- hope for the best. But you got to look at his mismanagement of assets in the Khalil Mack debacle. Like you said, trading for Martavius Bryant, who they probably could have got a conditional seventh for. Yeah. Because I think should have been conditional you, regardless. Yeah. Um, I, there's no way you told me Pittsburgh was like, hey, man, we're gonna, you got to give me three or we're not right. doing it. They may have said that, and the answer should have been like, hey, man, I'll give you a fifth if he actually plays right. games. And they probably would have said yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, can we move on to New England? I think he's just, I think he's, yeah, we can move on to New England. I just think, last thing on Gruden is I think he's just missed the boat, and I think it's really going to hurt that team. But switching gears over to New England, whoo, that's a bad defense. Now, we've said that before. We said that last year. Man, they started out last year looking pretty bad, and then flipped a couple switches, moved some stuff around, and all of a sudden it's, huh, oh, look, New England's making a comeback in the Super Bowl. I've seen this play yep. before. Um, I mean, they're lacking playmakers. There's not much. You take Gronk out of that offense, it's there's not a lot there. Um, they've had to make some splashy moves, trying to do some resurrection projects. We'll see what Josh Gordon does. Um, but you just lost, you know, Burkhead. Sonny Michelle's got had that knee issue. Um, you know, they've talked about trading Gronk. I mean, this this is there's some turmoil in New England. What are your thoughts? I think the turmoil the turmoil is real. Um, the Gronk uh, trade rumors is pretty interesting, especially because he confirmed it, which no one ever does in the NFL. Um, but that's just Gronk and him saying that yeah, he turned it down and Brady's his quarterback and that he threatened to retire. Um, just to have him confirm that's <laughs> pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> My quarterback. Um, but it's just interesting that they were willing to trade him to the Lions, no matter what they would have gotten back. I mean, Gronk's been – he could be like maybe the best tight end ever. And the thing about letting him go is interesting. Um, I don't buy as much of the Brady and Belichick drama. I know that book recently came out. Um, it's easy for former coaches and players to anonymously say, you know, certain things, and there could be hidden grudges there. Um, but I think that we're not going to know really when this dynasty ends until it happens. But for now, I'm going to keep betting on them. Um, I think they win the AFC East. I think they're one of the favorites right there um, with some of the teams we discussed before, Kansas City, Jacksonville, um, Pittsburgh. But I, I still think Brady's going to be you know, incredible. It wasn't a, for a couple months ago, I guess, back in February when he was amazing in the Super Bowl and just lost to an even hotter Nick Foles. Um, I still think there's a lot left there, and I like the Gordon acquisition. It's a really low cost. If it doesn't work out, you just move on from him and let him go. And Edelman will be back soon. Um, Philip Dorsett looked okay. Chris Hogan's pretty decent. I'm a big Sonny Michelle guy, as you know. I think he'll be good. Um, I think they're going to be just fine. It's going to take a couple weeks to get back on the, you know, to write the ship here, but I'd say they're going to probably finish 11 and 5, 10 and 6, and be the New England week, keep, you know, seeing every year. So you got them going either ten, uh, nine and four, or ten and three over the next 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 couple weeks here. Yeah, two games against the Dolphins. I guess they have all their division games still. Two against the Bills. Um, I I still think they're really good. Um, last week I couldn't explain last week, um, but I still think there's a lot uh, a lot to like there. What about you? Oh. You've been saying the people have been saying the sky is falling in New England now for four years, yeah. and all they've done is what won two Super Bowls and lost one to the Philly Special, and yeah, they've been there all the yeah. time. So it's hard to say the Patriots are done until they're you know five and eleven, and you're like or five and twelve, and you know five and eleven. What you know, what, what right. happened? Um, I think the turmoil is real, uh, and I think it started. Uh, I was listening, I think it was on ESPN Radio. Um, they were talking, has Belichick lost, you know, is this it for Belichick because he's kind of lost some things. You look at kind of the some of the things that have happened since last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with the Super Bowl. He benches Malcolm Butler, probably his best corner, or one of his best corners. Yep. Uh, definitely a defensive starter. What happens? Nick Foles lights him yep. up. Um, you know, Alshon was insane through the first half. They made a switch. He calmed down. But Aguilar was open. Ertz was open. You know, Nick Foles tore you up. Torrey Smith caught a deep one. 
Yep. So where was Malcolm Butler? He, you know, does he stop one pass? Does he change one drive? Right. You know, they benched him. They still have never said why he was benched. Right. Um, so I think that's a that's a Belichick power yep. move. Now, now you're in the off season. So now you got some players upset. They may I don't know how that dynamic works. Whether they talk to Belichick or not. Now he's talking about trading Gronkowski. Short of Tom Brady, that's his best offensive weapon. And you're trading Gronk. Now yeah, he's got injury concerns. He's got he likes to party. He's Gronk being Gronk. He's got a bad back. He's still the best tight end in the league. By far. Yeah. So now you got Belichick making a power move of, hey, I want to trade Gronk. If you, and this is Belichick who wants to trade people a year early mm-hmm. and get rid of them a year early, not get rid of them a year late. He did it with Seymour. He did it with Collins. He's done it time and time yep. again. If you want my honest answer, he never wanted to trade Jimmy G. So he wanted Jimmy G. He said, all right, I want to get rid of Tom. Jimmy G's my guy. Boom, the train keeps running. Jimmy G's good. Sadie towards ACL. Uh, sorry, Niners. So I think this is Belichick losing the control he mm-hmm. wants. New England has a new coach next year. Wow. Okay. This is it. This is the last. This is the last call for Belichick. I'm going. I'm going big with my predictions. Uh, I'm not going to hold back and give you. Hey, he's probably got two, three, nine. I think this is it. Do they make the playoffs? Yes. Um, let's be honest. Their division's terrible. They'll win both against the Jets. They'll probably win both in Buffalo. They'll probably split with Miami and go one to one. So there, that right there is five mm-hmm. wins. So they go five and one in their division. So they're already right now at six and right. four or six and three. Um, it, it's they'll make the playoffs. They're good. It's they got Tom Brady. Tom's probably got another two years. Maybe he's gonna play until he can't do it. And I'll tell you, Tom can't do it when Tom tells me he can't right. do it. So. If it's me, I think Belichick's about done. He doesn't have the control he wants the way he wants to do it. He can't trade the guys he wants to trade. Made some questionable moves. Like I said, he got nothing for Jimmy mm-hmm. G, in all honesty. Um, and that's the guy I think he wanted. I think this is it for Belichick. So I think the Belichick-Brady train ends this year. Uh, like I said, I make the playoffs. I don't think they go back to the Super Bowl. But in December, January, it's really hard to bet against them. So if, if, Rhodes, if the playoffs go through Foxborough, they're going to be yep. tough. And there have been, you know, rumors and whatnot that McDaniels came back to the Pats and walked away from the Colts job because he got some kind of guarantee um, about timing when he'd take over. And that, it, could, it could be. I mean, I think we're going to know ahead of time. It's just going to be one day. It's going to be right after the season where we're going to hear Belichick's gone and maybe Brady goes with him. Um, but we're not going to know ahead of time with these guys, I don't think. No farewell tours for either no. one. No. No, we're on the Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> Belichick doesn't. He, he plays it close to the vest. That's how he is. I, I just think the signs are there that, you know, he's getting overridden on deals. He's not doing the move. You're not seeing classic Belichick moves as far as moving on from guys. Uh, we're seeing the classic Belichick of bringing in some questionable off-field type guys like a Corey Dillon now with Josh Gordon. He brought in, you know, the diva Randy Moss now worked out just fine. So we still got some of that. I, I just see this. I don't think Belichick puts up with it. He's got his rings. He's got his legacy. He can go do whatever he wants. And like you said, McDaniels came back. Um, staying in the AFC, though, Andrew Luck's back. Is he? Because <laughs> it's a great question. It's for the not because this is the not so impressive performance. So I know we just talked how New England was bad, but we think they're going to get better. Andrew Luck hasn't looked that great. Now, granted, he hadn't played in two years. Does he get better, Dave? I really don't know. Um, I think he's a limited quarterback at this point, and I hope the arm strength comes back, um, and I hope that confidence to go downfield both comes back from him and from a play caller point of view. Um, Frank Wright definitely did a great job in Philly, and I thought he was a great hire for them. I still think that's the case. Who can probably get the most out of Locke. Um, you know, you bring in some of those concepts that um, he learned from Doug Peterson and um, some of that aggressive style over there to Indy will definitely help. But it has been concerning. I mean, he hasn't looked awful by any means, but it's a different Andrew Luck. The Andrew Luck taking shots downfield doesn't seem to be there right now. Um, Graham Barfield on Twitter has some numbers about T.Y. Hilton, you know, one of the best deep threats in the league. His average depth of target, so how far down the field he's getting the ball on average. Um, and... It's down from between 13 and 14 every year for the past four years to 8.2 this year. So it's a lot of stuff closer to line of scrimmage. It's what you see when you watch the games. Um, I've watched a lot of him between red zone and the Eagles-Colts game last week, and it's a different guy. Um, I think we talked a little bit before this that it's 
there's some Alex Smith in there. There's some Ryan Tannehill where it is more conservative. Um, I'm worried. I don't. I don't know if he ever re, you know becomes that guy again. I worry that he falls into the territory of Tannehill and Jay Cutler and maybe Jameis, where he's your franchise guy, but is he like he's there by name? Um, but does he ever get you to like? the spot where you thought five or six years ago that was for sure going to happen. Um, what are your thoughts? He's tough. Um, he is coming off a major injury um, to his shoulder that cost him a lot of time. Um, I'll be curious, especially for T.Y. and how he looks in the next couple games. He hasn't been hit much. He hasn't seen live speed. Um, if anybody's going to I think get talent out of him at this point, it's going to be Frank Wright. Frank Wright with Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Yep. I can't emphasize that point enough when we talk about what was able to happen. Is he was able to redo his offense as a play caller and get Nick Foles from looking god-awful in his first game after the uh, Wentz injury to outdoing Tom Brady. So if anybody knew it, it's Frank Wright. I'm concerned about his strength. Um, I'm a hold guy with him right now. I'm a little concerned. Like I said, the TY depth, average depth of target is way down uh, compared to where it would be. Now, Grant could be the first couple games trying to get Luck feeling better. It concerns me they pulled Andrew Luck for Jacoby Brissett on the Hail Mary. Yeah, I think that's... You, you tell but... me. It's telling. Um, you're, you, now, you got to pull him to get a guy to throw one D pass. Um, so I guess it's, you know, your concerns about taxing the shoulder. Are we worried about a re-injury by trying to throw too hard? Can he not throw it 50 yards? Right. I think he had hinted that if it was 40, he might have him in there. But, yeah, that's concerning. Um, I guess my counter to that, if I were to take the other side, would be if this is like his spring training and he may be on some kind of schedule where that's going to come down the road, having – you know, one random throw in there that's longer than what you wanted to do right now, like, does that make sense? And does the accuracy of the throw even matter that much when you're really just trying to put it in a spot, like put it in a general region um, where Brissett or anybody else with that kind of an arm can get it down there? Um, I'm not as concerned about that, but I think it is that one isolated decision, but I think it's telling that they say, well, Andrew can't do this. You know, we have to bring in Brissett. And if that's still the case... Weeks from now, that's concerning for sure. Yeah, I think he hasn't looked very good. I know at one point, um, and I'll have to get the exact number, but he had completed like 15 passes and gained 35 yards. Yeah, it was. Uh, everything was I short. That, I think it was, was that. Yeah, was that the Philadelphia game? I think so. Yeah, like 100 yards after three quarters um, with a good amount of yeah, time. And he, and he completed 20 passes. Yeah, it, it was. It, yeah, he was like 20 of 30. Yeah, or I think it was like 15 of 23. And at, at 35 yards at one point, like he had nothing downfield. Right. I think you'll give him, I'd give Frank Wright some time with Andrew Luck, see where they are. Like I said, it's a major shoulder injury; he hasn't played much, so he's got to get hit. I think he continues to build the strength. Um, he hasn't been throwing a real size football for a while, so like I, I, I'll give it some time. I'm a hold. Let's double check this. You know, midpoint, three quarters of the way. Um, I don't think he turns into the uh, you know a Tannehill. Alex Smith maybe, where it's more of a game manager. We don't push the ball downfield, but I don't know if the Andrew Luck we saw of, you know, 2014, where it was, oof, this is guys the next coming, is ever coming back. That's definitely fair. It's going to be one of the best storylines to watch throughout the year. Um, so I think one more team we want to hit on that's been kind of a disappointment is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, what stood out to me is their underutilization of David Johnson. Like, this guy's one of the most special running backs in football, and He's special for certain, you know, reasons that make him different than other running backs, not just inside runs, outside runs. It really is his passing game ability. Um, I think we kind of forget sometimes that he came when he was a prospect. He was more of a receiving back, and there was a lot of doubt whether he could be, you know, a true every down back and could go up the middle. Um, he's developed those parts of his game, but his foundation and the, what makes him so special is his route running, his ability to make plays in space. Um, it really sets him in. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, you know, really a part in that category, in that area. And to see him running, you know, a lot fewer routes this year than other years. Um, and, you know, it just, I think it goes back to what we were talking about with Frank Wright with Andrew Luck and what he did, what Frank Wright did with Nick Foles, that he 
tailored the offense to him. I think good coaches tailor their offense towards their best player. And what Mike McCoy of the OC has been doing seems to be trying to fit him into his scheme. And this almost goes back to his days in San Diego where Melvin Gordon was getting a lot fewer catches than he is now. Um, it's just kind of disappointing to see the scheme be prioritized over the player. I'd have to agree. I, it's the A, I, it, we, we've got a lay with you know, disappointing performance in the coaching staff. I think the Cardinals organization in general at this yeah. point. Um, brought in Sam Bradford for twenty million. Why? For twenty for twenty million? Yeah, yeah. It's not that hey they brought Sam Bradford in as a bridge to Rosen. Is they paid him a ton of money? Yep. To be bad, uh, he's just bad at this point. The the yes, I understand he was good at Oklahoma. That was like fifteen years ago at this yep. point. Um, he's just not good. You're not nobody's going to turn him around. They spent a ton of money there. They could have saved the money and signed. Hell, they could have signed a Fitzmagic. Well, Fitzmagic was on the box, but they could have gone and signed somebody for a lot less money to be your role. Now, granted, David Johnson's coming off an Achilles injury. Achilles injuries are notoriously hard to come back from. Most of the time, your running backs aren't the same, but they're not even giving him the ball. You know, you look at this past week, they took him out on a critical third and two. Fourth quarter. Driving. Fourth quarter. Potential to, I think at that point, they were, were they down? They were down slightly, yeah. Yeah, down one maybe. Uh, you know, it was either they were. It was a one score game. We'll go with that. But one score either way. I don't quite remember exactly. But it was critical third down, third and two, because the running back coach wanted to talk to him about blitz pickup on the previous. And this game. was after a timeout, which they could have handled during that thirty second timeout or whatever it was. Yeah. So you're going to take your best offensive weapon off the field because you're pissed at him over a blitz pickup. Yeah. And they. When you need two yards, and let's be honest, everybody knows it should have gone to David Johnson or you're on the play-action pass and dumping it to your tight end. But they take him out. They put in – you'd have to tell me who the back Chase Edmonds. Was. I can't even tell you. Chase Edmonds. Hey, I need two yards. David Johnson? No, no, no. Go Chase Edmonds. Get, get out of here. Yep. I mean, that's just – it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's bad. The Cardinals are destined for the seller. It's awful. So not only do they not use David Johnson right – They've been Sam Bradford. He's your twenty million dollar guy. Hey, there's four minutes to go in a game. You're down four. You got to drive. Let's get Sam back out for there. No, let's go to our rookie Rosen. Josh Rosen comes in. Couple minutes to go. Down four. I couldn't believe that. Um, on red zone, they were showing that game primarily in that um, four o'clock window, and I couldn't believe that he was over there warming up. And I'm like, are they really going to put him in? And Sam's there with his helmet on, ready to go. It definitely wasn't an injury situation. Um, and Sam looked ridiculous just standing there with his helmet on while the drive was going on. But regardless, um, it's just interesting that... <laughs> the Bradford. Yeah, the Bradford look, yeah, out. with his sleeves. Um, but with Rosen, I mean, he hasn't gotten the first team reps throughout camp, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think these guys belong playing um, from the get-go and getting as many reps as they can in an NFL environment and getting as many preseason reps. But he hasn't gotten those reps he hasn't been prepared to start this week or to play this week, really. It's been, you know, Bradsford show. And then you make a decision like that and you put him in such a pressure environment where he has to throw against that Bears pass rush, which Khalil Mack and those guys have been killing it. And there's no threat of a run game. And you make him go in there and try to go win that game. That just seems like such a poor design to, like, start his career off and get him comfortable. I would have much rather had them... You know, name him the starter this week, give him first team practice reps, come out with a game plan where you script the first, you know, however many plays and really set him up for early confidence and early success. Uh, but to throw him in there and I get that you want to win that game, but you're not going anywhere this year. And that's, I think they prioritize that one game over the long view with him, which doesn't really make a ton of sense. It makes zero sense. Um, if, if Bradford wasn't your guy, why did you wait till you were down four with four minutes to right. go? You could have made that change at halftime. You could have made that change at the end of third quarter. I saw him warming up because I've read zone, so I, I that's what I watch on Sundays. Um, I don't really usually tune into a game. I watch red zone. I saw him warming up. I'm like, oh, okay, he's just throwing on the sideline. Like, you get bored. He's not going to sit on the whiteboard if they've already talked about everything they're going to talk about. I think he was just warming up, throwing one receiver, you know. Somebody wants some reps, and, and Bradford don't feel like doing it. Then they, then they threw him in the game. But they're doing him a disservice. I think the kids the kids got some potential. Uh, this was a great – I think this was a very good quarter, quarterback class, which we'll get into next week um, on, on part two. 
Uh, actually, we'll probably release them both this week if we get if we get the uh, opportunity. But we're going to split this up into two parts based on time here. Uh, but I think you know he, he's got potential. I think that's your franchise guy. Go to him at halftime, or like you said, Dave, wait till this week. Say, hey, you know, Sam couldn't get it done. We were down four, had a chance to come back. Just not seen enough from Bradford. We're going to move on. You ain't go Rosen this week. Like I said, you can come out first 15 plays scripted, first couple drives. Okay, hey, cool. You know what Josh can do, what Josh can't right. do. But I think for Wilkes and McCoy, it's, it's a huge letdown. It, it's potentially franchise damaging. You, I would hope Rosen is professional enough, mature enough that one game, you know, one situation is not the awful, oh, I had a bad start to my career. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible this right. game. I'm, I'm never going to be a good quarterback. I hope he's better than that. It's just not a good look, and it, it reeks of desperation. It reeks of I don't know what I'm doing, um, you know. And we can talk about this in, in another episode of quarter, uh, not quarterback retreads, but you know, it's kind of retreads in the NFL. Why is it always the same offense coordinators? Why is it always the same set of head coaches? Why is it the same set of GMs? Which is why we get the same set of players. That's why Bradford's still in the league. But I, I just don't see it. I think it's a terrible move. Uh, I think the Cardinals finish, are going to definitely finish last in the West. They're one of the worst teams out in the league. Yeah, they're going to be in the in the hunt for the number one pick. Um, and to your point, I don't think this affects Rosen too much. I just think you're not putting your most valuable asset in a place to succeed from day one, and that's a mistake, especially with a new head coach who should be on a long leash. Um, he shouldn't be, you know, fighting for his job in year three or year four with a, you know without a contract extension um, in place. So it just seems odd to me, but I guess we'll see where we go from here, and hopefully he can perform a bit better than Bradford did. Uh, as you mentioned, I think we want to break this up into two parts. So, um, you know, thank you guys for downloading and listening to part one. Uh, part two will be released also this week, so um, feel free to check that out as well. And if you're enjoying the pod, please share it with friends. Yeah, make sure you like, rate, subscribe. Uh, it helps us get better. Uh, leave us some information. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, my handle is DrewFerraro88. You can find the podcast at Evo Sports Pod. Uh, we're going to be out there. The podcast is now up all over everywhere. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on a multitude of platforms. So if you like it, tell your friends about it. Let us know what you guys think. Again, we thank you for downloading. We thank you for listening. Uh, we thank you for being here with us three weeks into the NFL season. Um, as I spoke about at the top of the show, if you can, donate to Hurricane Florence Relief. Um, if you can't donate to that, give some blood. Do something nice. Uh, I've seen the devastation firsthand. It's outrageous. Um, but just uh, do something nice. Donate. Like I said, if it can be for Hurricane Florence, we'd appreciate it down here. Uh, Carolina Strong. Uh, we look forward to catching you guys here later this week when we talk about the second part uh, of this. Because we're going to break it up for time-wise. So we're going to talk rookies. We're going to talk about you know being more educated. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about my man Pat McAfee and For the Brand. Uh, so if you're a big Pat McAfee fan for the brand, if you're not, spoiler alert, you should be. Uh, but again, thank you guys, and we'll catch you on the next pod. Have a good night.